Hi everyone, I'm Jordan. And I'm Kelty. And we want to welcome you to the YWAMers podcast. We're excited to have you here. On this podcast, we interview youth with a mission who are everywhere reforming the spheres, aka YWAMers, in the hope that our listeners will be inspired on how they too can be missionaries in their everyday life. Hey everyone, Jordan and Kelty here, and today we are interviewing Jody Nagel. Uh, well, we actually interviewed her a few days ago, but um, it was an awesome, awesome podcast. What did you, what did you get out of it? It's always me that got something out of it. What did you get out of it? No, I'll say mine first. But um, I got out of it just the practical things that she's learned from YWAM and just like practical. I don't know how to even describe it. Just practical stuff that she learned in YWAM and how she implemented it into her classroom and teaching was like phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, Jody's been a, a great support and friend to us. She's been one of our intercessors over the years and just been such a great friend and support mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. And it was such a privilege just to be able to hear more about her life and practically how she lives out her faith. Yeah. So yeah, we really believe you guys will be encouraged. Enjoy. Hello everybody, it's Jordan and Kelty Taylor here. Anything to say today, babe? Hello. Hello, we don't have any Lucy today. <laughs> Lucy is being looked after by Kelty's mother, so we can be present for this podcast with Jody Nagel. Jody, are you there? I'm here. Jody, we are pumped to have you with us today. Jody is a fellow Canadian. And uh, where do you live, Jody, right now? <laughs> uh, uh, presently, I'm living in British Columbia um, in Kamloops. Yeah, Kamloops. Oh, that's a nice area. For some reason, I thought you lived. Um, have you lived in a different province before? I have. Yeah, yeah. Originally from Saskatchewan. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's why I was getting confused about the time zones because I was oh. thinking she was still in Saskatchewan. I forgot she was in BC. But yeah. we managed to figure it out. As but why here we are. Time zones. <laughs> and we're on the floor here today. <laughs> so I met Jody through YWAM Kona. I don't even know what year that was. And I don't even think I, I, I met w- you in Kona, did I? I think- oh, it's so weird. Yeah, no, I no, you actually you didn't really, um, kind of. But I think that would have been 2012 because that's when I took my first counseling course. Yeah, wow. That's yeah. seven years ago. Years now. ago. Holy moly. <laughs> Well, we will get to that, your YWAM story soon. But first, a very important question, especially for us and maybe for our listeners. Uh, what is your Myers-Briggs personality type and your Enneagram, if, if you know one or both of those? Okay, so here we go. Um, my Myers-Briggs is the ENFP. ENFP. Um, ENFP, yeah. And the Enneagram, I kind of have a big question mark. <laughs> so that's something on my to-do list for the summer is to look more in that and yeah, figure out uh, what I am. Awesome. Yeah, it's all like the rave these days in Christian circles uh, where me and Kelty are just trying to stay cool, you know, and relevant in Christianity <laughs> by uh, learning the Enneagram. That's great. Doing ENFP. a good job. There's a lot of ENFPs that, um, hmm. that end up in Wild. I'm actually at our, at our church, a lot of, the, we go to quite a big church called the Meeting House. Okay. There's a lot of uh, ENFPs that are actually pastors there because they're very good with people, very caring can deal yeah. with the flexibility and spontaneity that is dealing with people and sometimes the chaos that is dealing with people. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, need a little management though, right? <laughs> yeah, need some, sometimes you need to hone in and get some structure to ENFPs yeah, to help exactly. them uh, harness all those ideas and all that freedom to 
accomplish some of those tasks that still need to be done. Yeah. Jesus take the wheel, right? Yeah, amen. <laughs> so tell us where and when did you do your DTS and did you stay on after your DTS? What's kind of your YWAM story? Okay. So for my YWAM story, um, it was, I'm going to start actually before I went. So I was kind of at a point in life I had been working and then I just had the realization. I'm like, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Do I want to wake up in 40 years and have done the same thing every day? And so that question was in the back of my mind. So I started researching and I thought, you know, like I want to do something full of purpose and not that my life back then or job back then wasn't purposeful, but um, just that question was in the back of my mind. So I started searching and looking at different Bible schools. And I thought, you know, I just came out of university a couple of years ago. I don't want something that's just theory. I want it to be practical and something that I can apply. And so I kept looking and, and then I had met with my sister. My sister had these two friends, a brother and sister, and they had uh, actually um, gone off to uh, YWAM in New Zealand on the South Island. And um, so I had kept in contact with them and, and asked them a couple questions. And when they kind of explained what YWAM was, I just knew. I was like, okay, this is it. And so I started searching and, um, you know, probably emailed like 20 places. And, and at that time, um, my children were small. And so I had, uh, when I was emailing it, I had asked, um, like, do you accommodate children? What does this look like? And some places, you know, they're like, well, unfortunately, we don't accommodate children or we're just getting started and we don't think we have what you're looking for. But there's this really great place in New Zealand. And so it was honestly, I had probably gotten back about six emails that said there's this really great place in New Zealand um, called Crystal Springs. And so kind of it was, you know, God just speaking over and over really loudly, like, this is where I want you to go. And so um so yeah, I applied to Crystal Springs, which is a small, quaint little place outside of um, Matamata, New Zealand, on the North Island. Hobbiton. And that is, <laughs> it sure is, <laughs> and that is where I did my DTS in two thousand eight. Okay, and yeah. then, So you did your DTS there, and then did you stay on to staff? Was that the completion of your time with YWAM? What- mm. So yeah, it was really interesting. We uh, um, during during actually my time, I was probably only there like a month or two. And, um, I had found, actually, I'm going to backtrack. So before I left to do my DTS, I had this, I just had this like feeling that something was going to happen while I was there, but I was not supposed to leave. Like I had to finish out my DTS and that thought just kind of stuck in the back of my head. So fast forward now, I'm in DTS probably a month, month and a half. And then I get this call from my mom and uh, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And so that you guys know, like a stage four diagnosis is not good. So the warfare was on. Right. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, like I I can't stay here and finish this. I got to go back to be with my mom. What, What if you know, what if I don't ever see her again? So all those kind of thoughts were in my head. But this it came back to me. And I mean, looking back, like, I know that that was God that showed me like, look, like something's going to happen and you can't go back. And, um, so I really had to trust that. (laughs) That was like such a huge leap of faith. Um, thank God. Like we had like, you know, one, one, a few people specifically, like, um, our school leader would pray, pray with me, but also, um, I had another lady on, 
doing the DTS with me, like daily, we would pray for my mom. And, and so many times, like she would feel heat in her hands and just really interesting things like that. But so I, I planned to do the second school, but then at that time, um, I just knew like, I have to go back. And, uh, so I returned home to Canada and miraculously, like my mom was cured and, um, it was, I know it was crazy. Like I got home and she actually got sick, like even worse. And, um, so we kind of thought, okay, this is the end. And honestly, it was three or four weeks later, she was out of that hospital bed completely no stitch of cancer in her. It was like, it was miraculous. That's amazing. What kind of cancer was it? Um, it was, I believe it was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma B. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it is like oh. super amazing. Crazy, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I guess like when I returned, I was substitute teaching. I'd kind of been on a year's leave so that I could go back to my job. So I was substitute teaching and had the flexibility um, to go if I needed to see my mom or to be teaching. And then back that fall, um, I went back to my previous job. So. Okay. So yeah. with, with YWAM, you did your DTS and did you do any other schools? Did you ever go on to staff? Did you go to any other bases? Mm. Okay. So yeah, then, uh, three years later, it was three or four years later. Um, so 2000, that was 2008, 2012. Um, I ended up in Kona, Hawaii and I did my uh, foundations in counseling um, with an outreach actually in the red light district of Amsterdam. So that was really eye opening and okay. sure learned a lot. And um, then I went back again to uh, my teaching job where actually where I'd grown up. And um, so it turns out to be four years later. So we see like this pattern, right? So in 2016, um, I did, I really felt it was interesting. I had taken a trip to Hawaii just for a week or two and spend some time uh, at the base. And I really felt while I was there, um, I really felt like, okay, the Lord is giving me a key to the next step. I wasn't sure what it was. And um, so I had talked with this fellow and, uh, and I'd actually seen him downtown Kona and he just stopped me and he started chatting and he started asking really deep questions. And he's like, you know, have you ever thought of a Bible school? And, and I just knew in that moment, I was like, okay, Lord, like, I know this is you. And so I started thinking like, do I want to do the SBS? Do I want to do the DBS? And, and DBS has a phrase of uh, spirit and truth. And, and, you know, so many times you see people like so engulfed in the word that they forget about the spirit and just that phrase spirit and truth. And I was like, okay, like this is totally it. So I started planning. And then in 2016, I returned to Kona, Hawaii and I uh, did my DBS. And so that's where I'm at. I have uh, one more, one more course to take um, in the counseling to get my bachelor's of arts in counseling with YWAM Kona and so that'll be in the future at some point that's so cool probably in uh 2020 if you keep that uh, yes, four-year no. cycle. <laughs> wow. so it sounds like your journey with YWAM is pretty untraditional compared to kind of the standard go to DTS and then go home or go to DTS maybe staff a school or two and then go home your your experience so far is YWAM, get some training, then go back and kind of into the spheres, then go back into one, get some more training, go into the spheres. So, and it sounds like from what you're describing, it's really just been these God's voice prompting you here and there. And then you're noticing patterns and wondering if the Lord's in the pattern. And is that 
Tell us a bit that's, more about that's, how you're discerning how God's lead, leading you and why do you keep going back to YWAM? Like, do you just feel like God's continuing, say, YWAM, not going and get training in other institutions? Like, tell us a bit more about how that whole process has unfolded for you. Yeah. Well, what I found, like, with YWAM, it was super uh, family-friendly. And that's that's one of the things that I really have appreciated about YWAM is that my children, like, while I'm going to school – my kids are getting fed too, right? They're learning their identity in Christ, their authority as believers. And that's really huge for me because I think, you know, we don't grow statically. We grow like dynamically with the whole family. And it was really important that we'd all be growing and the school could accommodate that, right? So we could, my kids could still be doing their education while getting fed, um, you know, learning, learning all about God, learning about who they are and their calling and that kind of thing. And so that that's one of the reasons, but just really like the whole community, um, just, it's, it's been like a really, my time with YWAM has been very, uh, healing. Um, but also a lot of deliverance, I would say really a lot of freedom. So healing and freedom and, that's kind of, I just continually felt led by that. And, and like I said, like, I do feel led to finish my degree with YWAM and then, yeah, who knows? Like I'm open, um, to, to where, like, I never make a a decision, a major decision without really, um, a lot of thought, a lot of preparation and really inquiring from the Lord. Um, you know, I think even back to going on my outreach, Um, I even had a really close family friend who I really like, I really valued their opinion. And, um, they had said, we don't really feel like you should be taking your kids to Amsterdam. We don't feel like that's the place, but I knew that I knew the Lord had spoken. And so I think at the end of the day, what, you know, yes, the opinion of family and friends, and I think we have to weigh that, but above that, when you hear the voice of the Lord, the Lord is the only one that knows the future and know where and knows where he's taking us. And, and that's ultimately like who we need to listen to. Yeah. So good. Knowing that, yeah, God speaks to us directly and then we, we seek confirmation sometimes. And sometimes God confirms that through family and friends, but sometimes family and friends are saying the exact opposite to what we feel the Lord has spoken to us. And sometimes it's hard to discern was that the Lord? Yeah. They, is, that, is the Lord speaking through them? And that's, <laughs> that's challenging, but it sounds like you've yeah. just got to step out in faith with what you believe yeah. the Lord's saying. And it's been, yeah. been fruitful, what it sounds like. And even just before we started the podcast, you were, we were talking and you mentioned how even one of your kids is thinking about returning to Kona. So yeah. Tell a about that. Yeah. So, it, yeah, that's and that's kind of what I mean by fruit, you know, like um she was I believe eight or nine when we first went we were in New Zealand and really beginning to and I think she'd already you know looking back I I seen that she'd already been hearing the voice of the Lord but just growing and and having that validated and then really I think too it's all about these connections we we make what I you know as I look back I see we never get someplace without being connected to someone and so I feel like that someone God really, God really totally uses people to speak through um, and the people we connect with, they, they take us to the next thing. And so, you know, when we were there in 2012, it was some of the friend connections she made and, and the connections that she had made from her teacher that really, you know, by the time 2016 rolled around, when I went back, she had already been graduated 
but still felt, you know, a lot of her peers uh, from high school were going off to university and doing different things, but she felt that pull back to Kona and um, yeah. And just was able to really connect with people that really fed into her as a person and just help her grow in, in who she is and her identity and just a lot of love from them. So kind of that's what's uh, what I believe has led her to want to go back here, um, which would be 2019 in the, in the fall of 2019. So yeah. Cool. It's great to hear. I mean, one of the YWAM values is value families. And one of the main reasons that you were drawn to YWAM over and above other places, it sounds like is that community, they value families that you felt was a safe place to raise your children with support networks and, and now, yeah, you're saying you're seeing some of the fruit of it over time, which is just just amazing. And oh, what, I, what I'd like to jump into is, so what are you doing today? What's what's kind of what sphere are you in? What's your career, and how are you integrating all these things you've been continually learning from YWAM? What is how does that integrate with your day to day life? Are you using the things you've learned in YWAM? Are they practically helpful? Let's speak into yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so I'm in the sphere of education, and uh, I'm a teacher presently. I'm teaching middle school uh, at a Christian school. And this is, this is uh, both the second year. It is the second year I've been here. Um, I'm used to teaching in a secular school, but um, the Lord has led me here for this time. And really, it is really amazing to have the freedom to be able to teach um, in a Christian school because I've pretty much just taken all the things I've learned about, you know, God, about identity, um, you know, one thing that I really work with the kids in the classroom is, you know, identifying, thinking, starting to really think about what we're thinking about, being conscious of that, and then identifying lies. So what are the lies that we're believing that we're living out of? Um, and, and how are those taking us off from where God wants us to be? Um, so just spending, teaching the kids. I think foundation, really being able to teach the kids to hear the voice of the Lord. For me, that is the most important. You know, when they begin to recognize the voice of the Lord, um, then it's easier to move forward. So that is something that I always start with. Um, I mean, prayer is foundational to that, right? So prayer is always the basis. Um, hearing the voice of the Lord and then teaching these kids to discern, you know, and and really make it practical, like, how do we see God in science or mathematics? And um, I just, I think of a project that we just did. Uh, we did it on leadership. And so, you know, we asked the kids, are, are we all leaders? Does everybody have the potential or only some people leaders? And so we came to the conclusion, of course, that uh, we all have the ability to be a leader in some way, shape or form. And so what we did is um, we got these kids to think of a person that was really influential in their life. And most of them, we did not allow them to choose their parents because, I mean, obviously that would be like the easiest choice, right? And so what we did is we had them think back, you know, who's had a really big influence in my life? How have they influenced? How, how has their influence changed my thinking and my future? And Because so many times um, we're not taught to be thankful, for, for the things we have, or we're not taught to be aware of why am I the person I am, right? So trying to get kids to be really conscious of those thoughts at a young age, so that can kind of form their thinking going forward. And so we had them do that. We, uh, we taught them about, you know, Jesus as the perfect leader, 
um, we also went through different examples, like what makes a person a great leader. And then we had students identify, like, what are the characteristics of a leader? Where, where am I really good in being a leader, but where do I need to grow? And then we kind of did this, this was done over three months. And so we had a, an at home component. So we involved the parents and we said, look, like we had each child choose, like these are the leadership qualities that I'm working on. And, um, and I want to be able to work it at home because number one, our family is our first mission. And that, and that's what I really believe. Family is our first mission. So these students are learning how to serve their families, but be leaders in their families. And so having the parents on board with that, being aware with that, you know, they could, they could support their children in that, but also be aware of what we're doing um, on a school front. And so with that leadership, um, we had each child write um, their mentor uh, a really heartfelt letter of like, hey, like, we don't know if you know this, but this is how like you've influenced me. This is because of you. This is how you're going to influence my future and how you've changed my thinking. And um, and then we also had them. They had to think of something that they could. Uh, we brought in love languages, and we had, it's something that we had kind of taught the general group last year. Um, you know what our love language is, and it's to be. It's important to be aware of others' love languages so that we can serve them in a way that's meaningful um, to them. And so we kind of brought that in with this project. Like, let's make this meaningful. This project meaningful to what this person might uh, enjoy or how they might feel appreciated. So um, then the children had to come up with something. They couldn't just like buy a gift card. It uh, this project had to either cost them time. Well, it had to cost them both time and effort. And so some children, you know, made their mentor a cake. Some wrote them a poem. Um, some wrote them a rap. Some did photography with scripture on it. Uh, just like this crazy, amazing variety. And so we invited um, the mentors in. So we had a about an hour and a half time span where students had to invite the mentors in. So they're learning how to communicate. Um and a lot of the mentors were non-Christian, which was really an amazing time to, you know, just share the love of God. So we had about 80 kids that are all between the ages of like 11 and 14. Um, and we, we, you know, opened the whole thing up in prayer. And then they, we wanted them, you know, with now with our day and age, with all the technology, a lot of the kids are not used to having these face-to-face conversations, right? And really saying how they feel. So we had talked to them, we had gone through, you know, teaching them, you know, when you talk to somebody, you look at them in the eyes. Um, So they had to sit down, have a face to face conversation with these people, read the letters, um, and pray for them as well. So I mean, really, on so many levels, they had to step out of their comfort zone. But man, the fruit from from that project was unreal. So just looking and seeing like, how can we bring God and really that that touched on language arts that touched on career that it touched on so many things right and bible and so yeah how do we incorporate what we're doing every day how do we incorporate god into that yeah sounds like you incorporated hearing god's voice is probably the foundational thing it sounds like huge operating and i just think of darlene cunningham because i've heard her say a few times she was to just still the whole dts the most important two weeks uh, hearing god's voice and character and nature of God, and I see you bringing that in. And I, from my experience, and I, I'm, I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, kids just seem to hear God 
so easily. It's so natural oh, because they're just so open and don't, they haven't been taught that you can't yet. So yeah, 100%. And so another way that I've learned to do that in the classroom is I was asking the Lord at the beginning of last year, I said, okay, like, what else do you want me to do in this class? Like, how can I draw these kids closer to you? And he said, I want you to have a blessing day. And so what that looks like is, you know, I've got these kids at the beginning of the year to a point where they can hear the voice of the Lord. So then what we would do, or what we do, we're still doing this, every child, so we have a child each week. So um, Friday is usually the day we do our blessings on. So all week, the kids will be praying for these kids. Okay, Lord, like, what do I see for this person? What do you want me to say? Um, is there a scripture? Is there a, like, is there a phrase? Is there a picture? Um, Lord, how can I be an encouragement to this person? And so we take a time where we just kind of sit, we wait on the Lord, we listen to worship music, and we write down what, what the Lord is speaking to us for that person. And then come Friday, um, we have a time carved out where we, we all share and the kids are not allowed to share anything. So because they, we want, I want them to know, like, really, this is the voice of the Lord. So there, there, there's no, we may, I make it in a way where there's no possibility where they could be sharing these things. Right. And so on Friday, then we, we each share what the Lord has given us and and we pray for the person and it is unreal Mm -hmm. to, you know, you know, the kids have not talked to each other. You, you know, I usually do that. We usually do the writing part, usually the Friday morning, maybe the day before, but I have them put their books away so that nobody's looking at them. And then, um, you know, it's, it would be highly unusual for there to not be confirmation or kids to get part of the same picture. So even in that, with that, like they are totally in awe of the Lord speaking because it is confirmation after confirmation. That's so, cool. so, That's so cool. yeah. That's so, good job. I mean, yeah. integrating God's mm-hmm. voice and just making it a part of the, the way yeah. you do things in the school. And it's great that you, at this part of your life, this juncture, you're, you're able to be in a Christian school and able to do it so explicitly. Mm-hmm. And then, and also just all the other things you're integrating from YM. I see like in YM, it's very good. I've experienced with encouragement, verbal encouragement, telling people what you see mm. in them, what you appreciate. And you're, you really brought that in and honor, honor. And you see to honor these people, Christian, non-Christian influences that have influenced their life and just how that's connected everybody. Mm. And even just the YM value, be relationship oriented. And just how you said, you know, with the technology these days, people aren't used to face-to-face interaction and you're able to say, no, relationship's important and honoring people's important. Let's bring them in face-to-face connection. And so I'm just seeing all these kind of connection points, truth and lies, like we've got to, what are the lies we're believing and how do we be transformed by the renewing of our mind? And it's, it's, yeah, it's really amazing to see how you've continued. This just like your YWAM and Sphere's life is kind of integrated. You're there, you're this. It totally. I just see it integrated in your in your day-to-day right now so well jody like just in such a practical way too it's like a mini little dts within a high school like i think i think it'll be so helpful for people too just to hear practically how you take in the things that you've learned Mm. from dts and brought it into a classroom it's so cool yeah yeah like i just think about like the own own transformation i've had in my life Um, because of my DTS. Well, really, I mean, because of God, right, working in all things. And man, how could I not give that to these kids, especially when I have the freedom to do so? Yeah. 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 What's it been like? I mean, you've worked in a kind of a Christian school and a secular school. Mm -hmm. 
how how do you navigate being a Christian teacher in a secular school? And what's the kind of how was that different from being in a Christian school? And is a Christian school perfect? And it's like you can just be like how is all that kind of those two worlds? Right. Okay. So I guess, okay, let's start from like where, where I'm at right now. Like when I first got to this job, you almost have to like, you've been so trained in a way to like, not in a way, keep God out and not really be able to give the full truth. Um, So you almost have to like deprogram yourself coming, coming into a place where you really can share God's perspective in all things. So, I mean, that was like so freeing. Um, I guess, too, you know, with YWAM is interdenominational and so is a Christian church. And so you have to realize, too, though, that everybody is coming from a different Christian background, too. So trying to navigate that, I mean, does take wisdom and prayer and Lord, what do I do in this situation? How do I deal with this? So, you know, that that would kind of be that challenge. But um, going back to working in a secular school, um. We, I was really fortunate in the sense where our school back home valued spirituality, not necessarily Christian views, but we, you know, we did not open the day with prayer or anything, but I did have the freedom um, to say like, Hey, I'm praying for you. Or there was times where I actually just prayed, but I, I really would spend time. Like, I guess I think back to this, one moment always really sticks out in my head. And um, so this was in a secular school and I was teaching a grade 10, 11 and 12 class. And I thought, you know, I know I can't really talk about identity in Christ, but still like God has created every person in this, in this class to be unique and they have something to offer to the world. Right. And, and they're all part of the bigger puzzle is kind of what I always go back to. So I I asked the Lord, like, Lord, give me a strategy for how I can begin to like speak identity um, over these kids. And so what I started to do is we would have this thing called circle time. And it sounds like kind of like kindergarten-ish, but I tell you the kids loved it. So these were like, these kids were anywhere from 15 to 19. And so what we did what we started to do, it wasn't kind of right away in the class. It was probably a couple of weeks in when the Lord gave me this idea. What we would do, the very first thing we would do is we would come and we would um, talk in a circle. And so we would just kind of go around, okay, so what are some of the struggles we're dealing with? What are some of the positives we're dealing with in life? And then what we did is we would pick a different person. I, I guess it's, I never really thought about this, but we would pick a different person um, each. I, I forget how many days I would have done this, how many days we would do this. I can't remember how many kids were in the class, but we would all go around in the circle and let's say um, it was Joey one day. And so we would go around the circle and just say like, this is what I appreciate about Joey this is what I see in Joey. And so without the kids actually even knowing it, um, just to speak life and to see how transformational that was. You know, I had kids in that class that wouldn't, you know, you kind of come in, they have the hoodie over their head, they're looking down, they're not looking at anybody. But by the end of, you know, the five months, their hoodies off, they're smiling, they're interacting with each other. And so 
identity for me is a really huge thing. And, you know, I really think it's one of my life callings and to, to really, how do I implement identity? And, you know, without even being able to speak the name of the Lord, you know, you're using his principles and, and um, just encouragement was such a huge thing. And to see that transform children and, and you knew the Lord was working behind it all. Right. So, so that was, that was, and just, taking the time, taking an interest in people, um, in the people you work with, you know, making time for people, um, has always been a really big thing, especially in a secular school. Um, because when you take an interest in someone, when you make time for them, when you invite them to do things, they're more open to hearing what you have to say. And prayer has been a really huge thing, actually. Like I'll, I'll still have people, um, you know, with your friends, from where I worked, but they'll even still text me and they'll be like, Hey, I need prayer for this. And these are non-believers. So like cool. it's hilarious. That's yeah. That's so cool. That's really cool. And I just love how it's that when you're explaining in the secular environment, sometimes you can't use the Lord's name or you can't do this, but you're looking for, how can I still bring the kingdom? Okay. They're all still Amen. uniquely made. Okay. They all still, they all still need to know their identity and who they are and their worth. And how yeah. can I facilitate that? Yeah. And you're recognizing that whenever you're speaking truth, whenever you're partnering with the spirit of truth, any, any truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth. So if we can get yeah. an atmosphere of truth and love, so that's the love, the encouragement, the affirmation, the spirit is moving. The spirit cannot, cannot not move when there's truth. That, exactly. that is how he moves. And, and I just think of even creation and just the power of the spoken word. And Jesus is the word that became flesh and by words, the, the world was created, let there be light. And I just think of how you're incorporating all those things. Like these, these kids without knowing what, without knowing it are partnering with the spirit of God, mm-hmm. releasing life by the power of their tongue. And uh, I just think of that verse in Proverbs that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And mm-hmm. those who love will lead us so through. True. It doesn't say death and life are in the power of tongue of Christians, but not non-Christians. <laughs> you have to be, like, it's just, that's a principle of creation and how God moves and, I just so amazing good. the fruit you're seeing and the lives yeah. that are being transformed that's and so cool. just so practical. And yeah. I think that's going to be really mm. just helpful, even just for, for our listeners and to think, okay, that's practically how I can do it. Even if I can't mm. say Jesus name, it's, it's God yeah. is still at work. God's still moving. God yeah. is bigger than these systems that I can't break the rules in this instance, but I don't have to break the rules every time. I got to listen to the spirit of God <laughs> when to break the rules, when to break the rules and, yeah. and all that jazz. <laughs> That's, it's really encouraging mm. to hear, Jody. Yeah, it's really mm. cool. So for you, what's what's what does the future look like? What are your plans? What are your dreams? Any words you're holding on to about the future? Oh, man. <laughs> so many. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, how do I do this all in my lifetime? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, really multiplying it and, and uh, try and getting other people, I mean, to join in with your vision, right? So they can multiply it. We're only one person. Um but yeah, for my future, um, I, like I said, like, I really want to go back and, uh, finish my YWAM degree, my bachelor of arts and counseling. So that's on my list. Um, start, start the whole small business thing. Um, I really love photography, so I'd like to do something more in that. Um, and, uh, yeah, my, a big passion of mine is teaching. Um, but I also like to public speak. I mean, I haven't done it a lot, but I do, I feel 
like one of my gifts is encouragement. And so I would, I, I would like to, to be able just to speak into people's lives, like however that looks. And so traveling and teaching, um, would be a big dream of mine. Uh, I think identity in Christ is huge. Authority is a believer, the kingdom of God. But another area that I'm really passionate about would be, you know, especially working with teens most of my life um, comes to kingdom identity and kingdom sexuality is such a huge thing uh, for kids. So I don't really know how this is all going to play out. Um, You know, I feel like my life is a little bit here and then God takes me to the next thing. And then it's like, okay, this is what I want to use you for the time being. And so, you know, it's hard to say what it's going to like, but look like, but those are some of my passions. Yeah. That's super cool. I just see the, I mean, a lot of the things you've explained have been very creative and enabling other people to be creative and just sounds Mm -hmm. like that creative energy, creative Mm -hmm. desire in you has got even more outlets in the future that you're wondering how they're going to get (laughs) fulfilled and you've laid them before the Lord and you're just exploring it where it's creating a business, whether it's creating picture and art through photography. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, yeah, it's just super cool to see new things in the future, new aspects of who you are being explored and the continued creative expression of who you are as a reflection of God that continues to create and, grow and mature throughout your life so it's never never going to be stale never as we started this conversation you talked about what led you to why i'm in the first place was am i going to be doing exactly the same thing 40 mm-hmm. years from now no man the exact opposite I, of the creative expression of jody Nagel? yeah <laughs> sometimes i feel like there's so many ideas rolling around in my mind you know i was just praying the other day i'm like lord like i have so many ideas that like bring people to me so that I can give them ideas to do. Like, it's just, I have ideas for this and this. And That's very so I'm ENFP writing these things you, down. Is, is it? Okay. <laughs> but it's so great too. Like you have such a good fun energy. Like you're just always believing God for more. And I'm like, yeah, like God you're is so just good. so exciting. And there's always something new. Like he always wants to, you know, keep us on our toes and he's always giving us ideas and wisdom. And you just carry that. Like it's yeah. very, um, Hmm. contagious that's the word yeah Yeah. i'm just like yeah even i'm like thinking like yeah there's so much up there (laughs) so much we can do and i think it'll really encourage other people to just think outside of the box and think of okay how can i make a difference wherever i am in life whether i'm just you know sitting at home being a mom or i'm a teacher like there's always ways to to always into it and you really show practically i actually feel like you're very practical at enfp like you just get hmm. a lot of practicals to how do we actually do this? And it's very helpful. Yeah. Not only do you oh, have the ideas, so awesome. you, uh, you're able to follow through with a lot of them. Yeah. Probably not as many as you'd like to, but, uh, <laughs> but you'll still be able to follow through with a lot. Which is an NFP. Yeah. I can speak for myself. We aren't always the yeah. best at that. So you're doing that really well. Yeah. Super mm. cool. And we're, Thank coming you. To, we're coming to the end of our time, but what, what, what are two pieces of wisdom or two pieces of advice you would want to give to Wyomers in the spheres that are trying to figure out how to be, an everyday missionary in their vocation, what are kind of two things that you'd, you'd like to pass on to them? Okay. So number one, make prayer the basis for everything in life. Mm. Like when people get, uh, I think, um, a revelation of just how powerful prayer is, mm. they would not do anything without prayer. Like it is so foundational. So fine. And if, you know, I understand that not everybody maybe has the gift of intercession, but find people who will pray for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Surround yourself with, with people that are willing to pray for you. And 
a lot of the times that's, you know, we might think in our head, okay, I know this person would, but God totally knows and God gives people the right passion to pray for you. So ask the Lord, say, Lord, please point out the right people to pray pray for me and to pray for my life. And so really you're not just partnering for one prayer. It's people are partnering with you for life, for your plan for life. Um, so definitely, you know, make prayer a part of every day. And I mean, if you pray 30 second prayers or you pray 10 minute prayers, it does not matter. What it comes down to is your heart mm. and, and God knows that. And so yeah, ask the Lord to put the right people in your life um, that will help build you up um, in that because there's so much that goes on in the spiritual realm before it happens in the natural, right? Yeah. So we have to create, um, partner with God to create what he wants. And, and a lot of that is done in prayer. Mm, so, so yeah, ask, ask the Lord for the right people. Um, and especially also people that, you know, are spiritually mature, that know their identity in Christ, people that are willing to speak truth to you, yeah. not just, you know, what I want to hear, but people that will be totally honest with you because those kind of people, you know, their motive is love and you know that it's pure because they want the best for you. And then I would say the second thing, um, always live with a goal in mind. Always ask the Lord for, you know, continued vision, you know, when we, you know, the Lord gives us something and we do that, don't just be satisfied with that. Ask the Lord for more. There's always more, right? So ask the Lord for continued vision, continued growth, you know, spiritually, emotionally, in your thoughts, in your relationships. Like we will have room to grow till the day we die. Yeah. And so I think partnering with God in that growth and never letting that stop is huge. So those would be my pieces of advice. Those are so awesome. good. And it's like, you so do those. Live like those out, yeah. you Do first, then teach. Like, Come on. <laughs> for, you know, even us, like we can just testify for that. You hmm. just so do that in your everyday life. Like how much you pray for people. It's so selfless and it's really amazing. And even the vision thing too. I think that's that contagious thing I'm talking about. Like you live that as well, that. There's always something new and always get fresh vision of what is God doing now. So those two things you said, it's just like you absolutely live those out and we can we can vouch for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've been such an encouragement to me. With Aww. You've prayed for me for years now and yeah. sent me words at such opportune Amazing. times and times when I've been struggling or been going through things and reach out to you and you've been such a... Yeah, an amazing support, and not just to me, but even my whole family, yeah. um, my, even my brothers and my parents, yeah. and it's yeah. yeah, it's been transformative the way you have prayed and you have just stood before the Lord on behalf of us yeah. and interceded, and and as you say, you're very self-aware. Not everyone's going to have the gift of intercession, but even just thirty-second prayers here or getting others that do yeah. have the gift that we we work together. Yeah. We don't do it alone. We don't have to exactly. You don't have to have the administration gift, the prophetic gift, the <laughs> apostle. The, yeah, you, you, partner with people and i think mm -hmm. yeah, yeah you've, you've given a lot of nuggets today that i think people can really latch onto practically yeah. and so jody just want to say thanks for giving us so much of your time today on a saturday yeah. when we recorded this and yeah, you've been such a blessing to us and i know that this what you've shared today is going to be a blessing to so many absolutely amen yeah thank, thank you guys for inviting me on here this is like so good and it really kind of pumps me up to continue to just look forward and to keep growing and uh yeah thank you for this opportunity Hey, we're pumped, pumped to have you in our lives and pumped to be able to share you, the gift you've been to us with more people, all our listeners. So thanks again, Jody, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. 
Amen. You guys too. Have a good day. Awesome. See ya. Okay. Bye. Well, that's all for now. We hope you were encouraged by today's interview. If you aren't already doing so, follow us at YWAM Spheres on Instagram, join our Facebook group, and check out our website to find more resources to help you thrive in the spheres. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.